we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 115. Not sure there's going to be a 116, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, I go through some of the changes that the United Scoring Partners made to the United Scoring System. The question of the week is about our process with journaling with the athletes, and then we get back to cheer A to Z, and this week, we're on the letter P. But before we get into that, if you are new to the show, welcome. Guys, we have new episodes that release Every Tuesday, and we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and we're on Google Podcasts. Most shows are like today's show, just me and B chewing the fat, but it's always fun to bring on industry leaders who share their story and their experience with us in the industry. Now, shout out to Claire holding us down on IG, helping us take our social media to the next level. And speaking of shout outs, shout out to my mother, Sheila, Sarah, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate Michelle, Mike, the lean, mean coaching machine, Heidi, Adam, Jasmine, Casey, Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Be sure to check her out on IG. Lauren Clark and our newest supporter, The Juice. We got OJ supporting us now. OJ, thank you so much for the support. If you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes and you can donate for as little as 99 cents a month. And last but not least, we have our contest winner, EVO Training Center. Guys, keep on sharing because the next winner could be you. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a mom who represents all you cheer parents out there and ask the questions that you guys have at home. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more. What's good? You know, just enjoying the summer and living the summer life. You know, we were off on Monday for Juneteenth, so that was nice. We got a little break. Happy Juneteenth. Let's go. You know, and then it's like two days of practice. So now the girls get to chill and relax and I got to go to work, living the best life. What about you? Dude, I'm dialing in that golf game. (laughs) Kind of. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was working on my chip shots the other day. So you've always go it. And and I've been working on um, putting at the house. So that's been fun. (laughs) <laughs> I've, been, I've been coaching a lot of cheerleading. That's what my life is. <laughs> coaching cheerleading. Um, we go to Dallas this weekend for the next gen coaches conference. So I'll be doing three topics there. And I have a brand new topic that I have not done before that I will be introducing at next gen. So hopefully I do not bomb. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. I remember. Dude, my first year doing Varsity U, I was so nervous. And I just remember 
going there and it's in Louisville. And I remember going and walking around like in the they start lighting coaches in, you know? And I just see all these coaches and I'm like, oh man, there's people here. <sighs> and my heart rate just started going. And I was just so nervous. I just remember doing my first speech and I just remember blanking and like what the heck am I talking about right now? And I had zero clue the words that are coming out of my mouth. And I was just like, I sound like an idiot up here. What am I doing up here? And I went back to my room and like redid my entire presentation. Like I was just like, that was awful. And I redid that one. And I redid like all of them that day. And I had a lot better. I ended a lot better than I started. I just remember being so nervous for that first one. So now I'm introducing a new topic, which I have never done before. Like I said, We'll see how that goes. But I'm just a lot more confident of a public speaker now. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be fine. But yeah, the first, the first varsity you cracked me Well, up. good luck to you but, this um, weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then staff is like, hey, I see you're doing these topics. <laughs> like, Guys, actually, it's been cool. Claire and Bailey have come to a couple of my classes. And Melissa's come to a couple of classes I've done. So it's cool to see like, you know, friendly faces out there and be like, what's up, party people? So we'll see. But yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. And there's like over 400 people registered. So these should be, you know, these should be some decent. I guess I'll have wristbands on me. By the time this airs, we're we're already going to be back from the conference. So I guess I'll bring some wristbands with me and hopefully give some of those out, I guess. And- yeah, it'd be like those people when, like, they guess right. You're like, oh, you get a candy. But instead, you're like, oh, you get a bracelet. True. That's actually a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Shout out to B. Always coming up with the good ideas. You, We have such good chemistry. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right. So what's new in the world of cheer? One of the number one things that shows up in my DMs is, hey, Jason, do you mind if I pick your brain a bit? So here we go. Coaches, here is your chance to ask your questions directly to me about coaching and running an all-star cheer program. I'll be hosting a virtual coaches training and Q&A. We'll talk about the things that you want to talk about, but I imagine we'll talk about everything from scheduling practices to working with parents. Guys, sign up now because I want to keep this group very, very small so it's super beneficial to those who are on the call and obviously is first come, first serve link in the show notes for more details so what's new in the world of cheer guys um usasf has made some updates to the score sheet Uh, i'm not sure when they made it i didn't catch on until the new or sorry usasf made some updates to the rules I didn't catch on to those new rule changes until Varsity or the United Scoring Partners updated the the scoring rubric and noticed you could what what are they talking about? That's illegal. And I figured Varsity probably did not get that wrong. USASF probably updated their rules, so I went to the rules and was like, "Yes, they did. They updated the rules." So, um, yeah, some new things going on with Varsity and USASF. I figure we'll hop into that first. Can I talk about some of these changes? And take it from there. Sound good to you, B? Sounds perfect. There you go. Like, there you go. <laughs> and we'll get your opinion on them as well. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> first thing, let's talk about the rule change. And this one makes me particularly happy, only for one real reason. Only the ego side of me is, is happy about this. For the last several years, since they've 
since we've brought up code of points, since code of points has really come into play, the one thing I've complained about is that now all these skills are going to be on the same playing field and they're all going to be on the same playing field. And my biggest example has always been in inversions in level three, that the leg up inversion counts the same as a back handspring up. And I was like, and they're two, you know, the skill sets are two different skill sets. One is a straight up stunt with your leg in the air. And the other one is an actual inversion. What we all think of when we think of inversions, or at least what we all used to think of when we thought of inversions back in the day. Right. I was like, and those are the same skill. And I've said that a billion times on the pod. Anyway, they updated it. Shout out to Bethany Victorino. I'm not even sure that's her last name still, but you know who you are, Beth, who was like, hey, Jason, I'm looking for some clarification on this, on the on the scoring. And the new wording is actually, I should have had this ready. I knew I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> should have had it ready, B, but it's how we roll on the pod. However, I wasn't looking at it, or I was looking at it not too long ago, so it'll be easy for me to pull up. And here it is, the new wording. It used to say last year, inversion. Actually, who knows what it said? <laughs> Inversion to single leg body position. The new word says inversion from waist or prep level to extended one leg. Inversion. No, no, no. I totally messed that up. That's my bad, guys. Inversion from ground level to extended body position. Last year, that's why I got confused. I was like, what am I talking about? What it says this year is inversion from ground level to extended body position. I'm going to say that again. Inversion from ground level to extended body position. And B, you're like, Jason, I don't know what that means. Before, you just had to do an inverted stunt to a to a body position, right? So inversion to stretch. That meant you can do back handspring up to heel stretch. You could do uh, the leg up, up to heel stretch. You could do a front handspring up, up to heel stretch or any other body position that you chose, or choose, I guess. And this year, it says it has to come from the ground level, meaning coming from the sponge with your leg up no longer counts, right? So they've now made a separation between those two inversions, which is a good thing, right? Well, it's a good thing. It's a good and bad thing. Depends on who you are, I guess. Good thing for me, like I I said, my ego before, because... I've been calling that out for years that that was such a whack rule that they lumped those two things in together and you should be able to, you know, we have to be able to different differentiate between teams that are doing real true inversions and teams that just are putting their leg up in the air. Right. The bad part is, you know, we used that inversion last year, like on youth black and I was like, Hey, we're really not the greatest stunters. Right. We're only, well, I have 11 year olds on this team. It's going to be really hard to do like a true inversion. So put your leg up and we'll figure it out, right? So that helps out teams that aren't as good of stunters. And, you know, so that's no longer an option for lots of teams who who use that as an option before the past. So, but it is what it is. You know, coaches, you'll figure it out. But um, that was one thing. The other thing that they changed I really like that they changed is more options for elite level appropriate stunts and specifically level two and level three well level two can now do quarter cradles they've always been able to do quarter cradles but now a quarter cradle counts as an elite level appropriate stunt and then full downs in level three count as elite level appropriate stunt level four you've been able to do double downs from the top in level four for elite level appropriate i can't remember if you can do it from prep for elite level appropriate let's check right now 
Why not? Level four. Double down from prep or extension. Yep. So they brought, you can do a double down from a prep or an extension at level four. You're able to do double downs from the top last year. But why is this relevant? Because they've now brought back cradles in the industry. Cradles were becoming irrelevant in the industry. There is my good friend, Olivia Quick, who coaches CBU. And every year I go back and work with the athletes. And, you know, I try to give her feedback on the routine and you know just my opinion on various different things and for the last several years i've been saying live take out the double downs and you know she kind of struggles with it and keep telling her live every time you do a double down they're not giving you these extra points because double downs aren't required right they're not giving you extra points for a double down you can do this great elite sequence back handspring full up and you know Front handspring, half up, ball, you know, with a land in one leg. And you do all these cool tricks, and then you end it with a double down. They're not giving you extra points for the double down. The only thing they do... Are you looking for an overnight cheer camp this summer? Look no further than dream camps. Guys, I'm telling you, I've had lots of industry friends work as instructors at dream camps and have heard nothing but great things. With individual cheer camps available in both Oregon and and Florida, Dream Camps is the perfect place for athletes to progress their skills in tumbling, jumping, stunting, and dance. And I can confirm this next part, but Dream Camps brings out some of the best instructors in the country to help athletes reach their full potential in a fun and supportive environment. Spaces are limited, so head on over to OregonDreamCamps.com and register today to secure your spot. Link and the only thing they do is rip your technique when they when you do a double down that's not perfect. So not giving you extra points in difficulty. All they're doing is killing your execution. Stop doing double downs, right? Because judges, you know, you could save that time for anything. You can do a creative dismount or you can just do another elite stunt and increase your difficulty, right? And so I've told her that for years. And last year, she, she's like, hey, we finally, we're not doing double downs this year. Like, oh, good for you, Liv, right? Because they've been cradles in the industry have been irrelevant. And like for the exact reasons I've laid out, you're going to get way more points. Well, before code of points, you would get more points for doing a full up than a full down, right? Like you get more points for doing entries than dismounts, right? So why waste time on doing a dismount when you can do a creative dismount and get creativity points opposed to just doing like a, tr a traditional double down or, or you know traditional cradle straight cradle full down double down whatever it is and you've seen that in the industry i talked to another coach who like got onto that same thing yeah we don't do we don't do double downs anymore like we just we just don't do them right and so we haven't if you look back at any of our american cheer routines over the last since we've been here so this year number eight so the seven previous years i don't remember the last time we had a team that actually cradled from anything like we all you know we'll do some creative, we'll either just completely sponge down or we do some creative dismount. I'm sure there's been a couple, I, I feel like one of Christina Trayvon's teams, like one of their level one teams might have did straight cradles one year in the early days. But anyway, the point of what I'm saying is because of that thought process, cradles have become completely irrelevant in the industry. And so they're bringing them back, you know, by adding them in as another element, they they've brought them back because at one point they were required, like you had to do a dismount 
like when I first started coaching, you had to do a dismount in order to get credit. And then they got rid of cradles as a as a requirement. And after that, it's like, well, if I don't have to full down, I'm just gonna do another full up, right? Anyway, so I'm glad that they brought that back. That'll be another option for teams to use in the future. Again, it'll just it will bring back cradles and we'll be able, you know, have reasons to actually have kids, you know, do these things. What's well, the other thing they changed? Oh, this is more on the USASF side, but full ups to the top in level three and one and a half ups to the top in level four. Now that's cool. Now, obviously when USASF changed that, now before, for those who didn't know, like you, Brittany, you probably know this, you could do full ups to prep in level three and full ups to the top in level four. And then you weren't able to do one and a half ups to the top until level five. So now you can do full ups to the top in level three, one and a half ups to the top in level four. And full ups were honestly becoming irrelevant in those two levels because they just they weren't scoring anything. No, you can't get you don't get any points for doing full up to prep. You weren't even getting points for doing full up to single leg to prep in level three. So the full up became really irrelevant in level three. There's no reason to do a traditional full up. But in the upper levels, you have to be able to do the these kids have to learn these grips to do these higher level skills. And so I'm glad that they brought that back because you know. This year, I actually thought about it, too. Because the full-up was so irrelevant in level three, our kids who moved from level three to level four this year, I was like, man, we have to actually teach these kids how to do a traditional full-up grip because they didn't have to do it on level three at all last year because you know, they made it irrelevant, right? So I'm glad that they made full-ups relevant again. And it was kind of hit or miss irrelevant in level four. I mean, we did one and a half ups to prep. So that's the traditional grip. And I know I'm just, if you're, if you're not actually a coach, I'm just speaking Chinese right now. But we did our traditional grip one and a half up in level four. But I'm glad, I'm, but full ups to the top were irrelevant because they didn't give you any points. So you had to go straight to full up to one leg. And, you know, so I'm glad that we have twisting coming back to the top without having to do like a high to high full around. So I think all those are good things. I really like those changes that the USASF made and then then and then that varsity capitalized on by like making those things important to the industry again. So just a couple random things. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure how we're going to end this, but there we go. I'm I'm talking <laughs> B. What what you got for me? <laughs> I think you should make a video at practice explaining everything that you just said for the people that don't know what some of those are, which that includes myself, some some of us don't know what everything is. So then people could like put it to it so they could understand more. There you go. I could do that. I might I might do it. I might do it just for you. B, this is a full up to prep. This is a full up to the top. This used to be legal here. It's not legal here. It's crazy how the game has changed. It is crazy. One and a half up to the top is legal in level four. That's crazy. Here's how this is why this is crazy to me. Because Smoed in 2011 did one and a half ups to the top and the world lost their mind, right? They hit those. They did five of them. And everyone went, that's nuts. They did one and a half ups, right? Smoed won worlds with one and a half ups to the top two feet. And now they're legal level four. It's crazy. So anyway, anyway, let's get to a break and then we'll uh, come back and we'll talk about, we'll get to our question of the week. Sounds good. 
true story. When I was a kid, my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard. Back then, buying mats from Tumble Track was not an option. But now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by Tumble Track. Start perfecting those rolls kickovers, handsprings, and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors. Get ready to flip, twist, and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by Tumble Track. Link in the description. I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever, but with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link in the show notes. And we are back. We're going to hop into that sounds like that question of the week. Last week, I called out Casey and said, Casey, it's time for you to come on the show. Casey, we're calling you out again. Mm-hmm. It's time for you to come on the show. Sounds like that question of the week. Link in the description for your... Guys, it's new new season. Get some good music. Stop, stop with the bad music. No more bad music this year. New hashtag. Anyway, B, hit us up with sounds like that question of the week. Well, I have to say this before I get into this. Every episode, you always say, if you want fire music, so I'm going to say it. If you want fire music, sounds like that's where it's at. Um, So our question is, what and why do your athletes journal at practice? There we go. I think we've answered this on the show before, but it's come up again, so I figured I'll ask it again. Guys, if you have a question for the for the show, link in the show notes, and you can ask your question, and you know we'll try to get to it. Make it a good question, guys. Make it a good... I was going to go off on a tangent. I'm not going to go off on a tangent. We're just going to stick to the sounds like that question of the week um at the end of the day we're just trying to create good people along with good athletes right and so that's what it is at the end of the day we're just trying to build up the person the same way we're trying to build up the the athletes right so i explained this to the athletes this year and i've explained it to them in the past but and it's something i've actually said on the on the pod before about the process and people talk about oh real quick b years ago i don't know how long ago it was you were saying jason you say trust the process now i know i don't say trust the process when it comes to tryouts because it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense to me when it comes to tryouts it makes sense to me when it comes to the year like when you're looking at the team like if you looked at the team and you went jace i think junior blue looks like crap right now and you think it's the, it's the first day of the week or the first day of the week the first um week of practices first month of practices although i wouldn't say it what i effectually would say was just trust the pro trust that we're gonna get this team to where they need to be but i feel like trust the process when we're talking about individuals growth there's that is so much on the individual's athlete on the individual athlete than it is on the particular gym so the results of the team i think are a lot more a part of the process on how you get the the end result there but i think the individual athlete 
has a lot more responsibility than the gym does. Anyway, the point is someone else, <laughs> several people have said, like you say, Jason, trust the process. I'm thinking to myself, I've, I don't say trust the process. It's, it's what, are those, what do they call it? I think the Mandela effect. It's the Mandela effect. Everyone thinks I say that because the whole world says it and they think Jason must say it. Anyway. No, I have to interject <laughs> and I have to disagree with you, Jason. I will record <laughs> you next time you say it. You do say You do it. Trust the process. I promise you, you do say it. I, I don't say it. Someone, someone, guys, there's a $100 prize on the line. For the, someone that can, can get a video of Jason saying yes, trust the process. Someone in the context. I'm not saying those words have never left my mouth. You can't, don't cut and splice this conversation right here. Go say, hey, you said it right there. In the context of me going, hey guys, it's, um, you know, in the real context, uh, the same context that the rest of the cheer world uses it in, which is it's tryout season now. And your daughter made a level two. Trust the process. I don't say that. It doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, the point is someone else said, I'm like, dude, I, I don't say it. You know, what's funny, B. I actually did this. I actually did this after our original conversation. When you said I said it, I went back and I searched trust the process in my emails. See if the phrase ever came up. It's not in my emails anywhere. So I've never written it down anywhere as a mass production that I've sent out to our parents anywhere. <laughs> I searched it. I was like, trust the process. No, zero, zero results. <laughs> anyway. I'll find it. Point is, I, the, yeah, <laughs> another parent said it the other day. I just kind of chuckled. I was like, all right whatever what the heck are we talking about the process so one thing i do say i do say process is primary i do say that i do say that a lot process is primary but i was talking about the process on how you as an individual become a better person you should focus on your process but anyway okay so what <laughs> these poor listeners are like i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready they're fine they're they're in their car they're driving they're entertained. They're good. I'm ready. Here we go. The pros, the individual athlete, no matter, I, I, I explain this to the athletes. We always talk about process is primary, right? And that you need to follow this certain process in order to become successful. But the process is driven by people. There are people that are actually, so the character behind the person is actually what is driving the process. No matter how good of a coach I am, if we have lazy athletes, right, that's, that's a character flaw. No matter how good of a coach I am, if we have lazy athletes, they can't follow through with the process. And actually, the reverse is true as well. If I'm not that good of a coach, but we have really hardworking athletes, right, athletes and who just have great character, they're hardworking, they are accountable, they are encouraging, right? All of those things that their character will actually outweigh my ability to, or my non-ability to be a good coach, right? Like they'll outdo my process, right? Now they'll only be able to get so far if I have a bad process and they have like great character, but they'll outwork, you know, they'll cover up a lot of my coaching warts if they have really good character, right? Now, if they have really bad character, like I can't outcoach their really bad character if they're just lazy and and all those, you know, those bad words, right? And so we want to one, we want to build up good people. That's our job as coaches is to build up good people. You know, parents, you know, you trust us as coaches to reinforce the values that you're trying to teach at home, right? The reason why you signed up for sports. Hard work, structure, discipline, teamwork, you know, all those, all those things. So that's the 
basics of of why we journal uh what do we journal we've journaled a few different things in the past and i've talked about all these before in the on the pod but we've got new listeners every week hey let's talk to your podcast listeners i need to tell you about the number one all-star cheer conference this summer i'm gonna be speaking at it as a guest speaker so you already know it's going to be fire the next gen summer conference will be in dallas june 23rd through the 25th this conference is perfect for everyone in your gym there will be skills classes for the coaches leadership and management classes for the directors and business classes for the owners guest instructors will include myself jason larkins romel osuna of world cup adam forte of forte spirit solutions and the whole crew from next gen make sure to head on over to ngconferences.com to register today Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you book a call at nextgenowners.com. So we started off the season journaling about, there's a really good book I really like called What Drives Winning, which is actually where I got that that whole thing from where the process is what drives the person. Because I was always all about just, hey guys, we're going to do things the right way. We're going to win eight counts. We're going to focus on winning our practices. But that book taught me like, no matter how good your practices are, you need good people to drive the process forward. What drives winning is where I got that from. So a lot of things we journaled about in the beginning of the season were from that book, What Drives Winning. And they just have some really good prompts in there. Right now, literally yesterday, and what I've been doing for years is we've journaled about Coach Wooden, or not about Coach Wooden, but Coach Wooden's Pyramid of Success. And I've talked about this several times on the pod. If you're a longtime listener, you already know. Coach Wooden had his pyramid of success. Each The pyramid was made up of all these different blocks. All the different blocks have a different character word on them. And, you know, yesterday we started journaling about the, the pyramid. So the first word was industriousness. And so I'll say, hey guys, tell me what you think industriousness is. And then they write down what they think industriousness is. And most, most of our youth black kids write down IDK. And then I go and explain Coach Wooden's definition of industriousness. And then I read, he has like a, you know, I read the chapter to them. It's pretty short. And then just challenge them. Okay, so how can you be, you know, a more industrious athlete today like what goals do you have for yourself to be more industrious and we'll come back and we'll do enthusiasm and i'll say hey guys what do you think enthusiasm is i'll read coach wooden's definition of enthusiasm and then i'll say all right i want to challenge you guys challenge yourself what's your goal how you're going to be more enthusiastic today right and then we'll go through his whole pyramid and then <clears throat> we'll go towards the end of the season we will Probably around comp season time, we'll switch to a different book that I really like with winning in mind. One of my favorite books that I've read. Actually, my golf coach is friends with the author, Lanny Bashan. And so we talk about him all the time. Anyway, with winning in mind, they have a, a chapter specifically dedicated to journaling. And so that I really, really like that chapter. And so we'll switch to their method of journaling, you know, later on in the season. And they just write down 
all these really, you know, one thing is like solutions, which I really, really like. So I found a solution to, or I'm, I'm looking for a solution to. <clears throat> and in there he talks about, all right, well, a lot of times we figure stuff out at practice and then we can't remember what we figured out at practice. And we're like, we come back and we have to like start all over. And so you should write down, like, I figured out that when I grab the toe, the stunt hits more consistently. So write that down right? Because you write it down, you're more likely to do it again. And then next time at practice, you go, oh, yeah, I remember last time I was grabbing the toe in the stunt and you remember to do that. And that way you don't have to like go through that whole process again, right? That process that you trust. So we have all these podcasts logged, right? Like all of our logs, you just, well, we can't do it. It wouldn't be that easy. But anyway, someone (laughs) find the recording. I'll eat crow. I'll tell you, I'll do it. I'll eat it live on camera. But yeah, anyway, B, what what you got for me? I know you want to say something. <laughs> I I heard that long pause of that process you trust. Long pause. <laughs> I think the journaling helps with the, the kids. I, I think it helps each child depending on what your subject is. Um, I think some subjects like really get the kids into it. Some said subjects get half really into it. And you know what I mean? Like I think each subject affects each athlete differently. I know when the girls said they had to bring a journal, you know, they took their journals and then when they came home from practice, and I think this was last season or the season before, I can't remember which one. My husband actually asked them, you know, hey, how was cheer? And, you know, they, oh, it was good. Or, you know, this, this happened, that happened. I can't remember exactly what it was. And um, they're like, oh, and we journaled today. He was like, oh, what'd you journal about? And they were like in depth explaining Well, one twin was like in depth explaining what they were journaling about. And I can't remember what it was. And the other one was just like, yeah, we journaled, you know. So when they journaled that day, one of them was really into it, but the other one wasn't into it. And Mm -hmm. I think a couple weeks later, you know, he asked, oh, did you journal today? And it was like the opposite. The twin that wasn't into it before was into it that practice and the other one wasn't into it. So, I mean, I think it's a good thing. Um, I know when I've seen them like journaling, you know, they kind of sometimes like will whisper to each other and, you know, you could see them like looking at each other, asking questions. So, yeah, that's my opinion on journaling. One other thing that last book I was talking about with Winning in Mind talks about is it talks about the power statement. Now, B, this is a complete coincidence but we're doing a through z you know we've been doing on the pod for quite some time now yeah and as you guys recall last time we did a through z it was o and today as i was looking through i was like oh i guess we'll do a through z again i was like what was p again p is power statement power statement i got from with winning in mind so we're gonna talk about we're talking about journaling and the power statement in the same episode i did not plan that sometimes i plan a lot of these things and sometimes luck is just preparation meeting opportunity so we'll get to a break and then we'll come back to to p for power statement let's go you guys always hear me talk about sounds like that the official music producer of the let's talk to your podcast well sounds like that is actually part of a bigger music team power music power music your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes these pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams including half year teams prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back as low as $15 and 
full two minute and 30 second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget, but that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So if you've been following the pod for any amount of time, uh, maybe not any amount of time, but we've been going A through Z, cheer A through Z. I've been giving you guys a cheer tip, A through Z. So we started off with A, and that was use the word and instead of but, and then we went to B, and I can't remember what B was. But now we are on the letter P, and P stands for power statement. And again, the coincidence is that (laughs) I was like, oh, we're going to do LSU A to Z today. And I looked up P, and I was like, oh, that's funny, because I got power statement from that book with winning in mind. And so in in that book, they actually don't call it the power statement. I believe they call it the directive, direct affirmation, directive, direct, something like direct affirmation or something like that. And I figured that would be too, I can't even remember the word, right? It, I figured the the word or the phrase that they use in the book wouldn't really register with the athletes. But I feel like power statement, like it's our, the statement that we say that makes us feel powerful, right? And I just figured that was a more appropriate word. So I changed it to power statement. So if you actually get the book and you're looking for the phrase power statement, you're not going to find it in there. Anyway, but the concept as it is, got it from there. But he said the most important thing that you do at every practice is write down your power statement. And he said, and this is, this should be a goal that stretches you. This should be a goal that's slightly out of reach, a goal that stretches your potential or stretches your current capabilities. It should be written in present tense. It should it should be specific to what you want to accomplish. Uh, it should have a timeline associated with it. And yeah, so I was thinking about, okay, how can we do that at our practices? So, or what, what do I want our power statement to be? And I came up with, can't remember what we came up with. We nail. Perfect routines with a high caliber of execution and a Broadway style performance. And then we'll add on at the summit in May, right? And the kids like to add on lots of words after that. At the summit in May on Sunday at 10 p.m., right? 10 p.m. slate competition. Thanks, Varsity. (laughs) That was funny. But, you know, that's what we do. And so that has been great. And it's really cool because – I guarantee you, your daughters have that memorized. Now, they might oh, yeah. not have it. You know, they might not call it the power statement. I'm not sure how often I actually say, write down the power statement, but we say that a lot. I guess I do say power statement a lot, but who knows? But I, uh, for sure, I would bet a lot of money that they had that phrase memorized. I'd bet probably all of my, all my worldly possessions that they had that phrase memorized. So come up with a power statement for your gym. You know, it's just part of that self-image, just like training them that this is who they are and this is what we do, right? That it's like us to do things. What I really like about that book is that you cannot outperform your self-image, right? And it just talks so much about building up like who you are as, like who you visualize yourself as, and that if you don't see yourself as 
as a champion, you're never going to do the work necessary to become a champion. Or if you just happen to put yourself in position to be a champion, you're not going to capitalize on that moment because you just don't think that you're worthy of of being that person, right? And so that's something I've talked about a lot on the pod, but it really is, you know, a part of like what makes American American is that our athletes believe that they are worthy of of these accomplishments, right? And if you don't think that your team or your program is worthy or, or that you're worthy, that you're deserving of any of these accomplishments, then you're not going to put yourself in position to capitalize on them. And, and again, you might do it every so often because you you truly have the talent level to do it, but you're not going to be able to sustain it for long periods of time because you just don't believe that it's it's like you to do so, right? And so, you know, real important that we train our athletes to make sure that they believe in themselves, right? You know, most of the time, not most of the time, there's so much. Why I can't let the intrusive thoughts win, guys. Why I go, I should say that. And I go, Jason, don't say that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't say that. This, this internet, internet has a long memory, people. Yeah. Inquiring minds want to know where the 2004 and 2005 bronze globes are. So I will, uh, I'll answer that question right now. This came to us in one of the, uh, it was a question of the week submission. This is definitely an athlete who submitted this. So for these guys who did not know, American Cheer got third place at Worlds in 2004 and in 2005. We all know what the globes look like at Worlds. Well, I'm guessing most of you guys know what the globes look like at Worlds, right? And those big trophies, and they have those those glass globes on top. Anyway, we have the trophies in the gym, but neither trophy has the globe on it. And someone wants to know, where'd those globes go? Fun fact, apparently those things are attached now. I was at, I was at Vancouver All-Stars and saw their globes. I was like, hey, their globes are actually attached. Apparently, back in the, the day, that those things were detachable. So, rumor has it that one of them broke, like, on the flight home from Florida. And so it, it's broken. So it's probably in a dumpster somewhere. The other globe is in my office. So it sits in my office. And that's where the other globe is. So because they are detachable and they can break. And we have 3,000 kids at American. So <laughs> yeah, the globe sits in my office. So there you go. Now you know. B, anything yeah. else we need to talk about? <laughs> I don't think so. We good? We Gucci? Yeah. Boom. All right. Pretty short episode today. But um, yeah, we'll recap how Dallas goes next week and some other things. And Excited to hear how it goes. See if I bombed or not. <laughs> don't forget. Make sure you're throwing out those uh, wristbands like candy bars. I got it. I got it. I'm going to put it in my notes. I'm throwing them out. It's going to be all good. Let's go. All right, guys. It's been fun. Five, six, seven, eight. We're, We're out. out. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners, although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.